0: This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce.
1: Welcome in to another edition of Braggin' Rights Week 10 Recap edition here to break down the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was a phenomenal Saturday in college football. We're starting to see some things take shape. Uh, We will have the second playoff. I don't think anything's going to get shaken up here, but uh, we're going to see the second playoff rankings come out tomorrow night. uh, And we're setting up for a very fun finish because it's going to be very contentious. There's a lot of teams that are going to have uh, you know, pretty unblemished schedules and uh, records, I should say. By the end of it, so very interested to see what all happens. I'm excited to break it all down. I am playing a little hurt tonight. I uh, I have not had many cavities in my adult life, and uh, here in Atlanta, I've had two dentists tell me that I have ridiculous amounts of cavities. So I went and got uh, some fillings at about noon. We are recording here at 7 p.m., and I am just now not numb, and uh, I can barely open my jaw. So we are going to get through this one. Might be a uh, pretty heavy one the pierced here because of that. Uh, but uh, we're going to get into it. Before we get into it, though, I need to introduce the aforementioned Pierce, my brother, my co-host. How are you?
0: I'm I'm doing very well, and uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think this was the best week of college football. It was pretty much wall to wall action. There weren't really many duds. I mean, hell, in the first uh, you know noon slate or eleven o'clock for me on uh, in Central Time Zone, um, you know, you had what three overtime games? Florida went to overtime with Arkansas. Texas went to overtime with Kansas State. Uh, this one didn't go to overtime, but it was close, and that was uh, Ole Miss Texas A M. and M. So it started with the bang, and really, uh, you know, just good quality football really throughout the day, and and um, you know, no dead dead spots throughout the day. So I think the best week of college football. Um, wish we could break it all down. Obviously, there was too, I think, too much to cover this weekend because there was so much uh that did take shape and, and that happened and and good, bad, and ugly. So um we'll do our best to hit as much as we can, but uh excited to break it down with you today.
1: Yeah, it was uh, quite the fun weekend. I was in Athens, Georgia for that uh that battle with Mizzou. Uh I wasn't super nervous for it. I won't lie. Uh a lot of people that I was with was were very nervous about this one. I'm more nervous about the game coming up for the dogs. Than I was for Mizzou. Um, although maybe I should have been a little bit more because that Brady Cook, uh, he certainly is mobile and uh, and was making it happen. But very good job with them, uh, sh- uh, shutting Luther Burden down, Pierce. Uh, and and I thought that was a uh, kind of the difference there was the, the the ability to do that. Wish we had the big boy touchdown from Stackhouse. We didn't get it. I would have made you put that in the Bragger of the Week if he had gotten a thick six because that was electric. Um, But but Georgia won't be making its way onto the good, bad and ugly. It was just, you know, it's you've reached the status where you you survive in a match. Just keep winning, boys. Just keep winning. Um, Instead,
0: it turned into a 65 yard uh, penalty, which uh, was. was Yeah, that wasn't pretty ridiculous. And I don't know if you saw the I've seen some videos on it. And it was just small money was money was making the tackle. It wasn't like he was trying to block. Um, so very, very, you know, I think that was a pretty bad, poor call there in my opinion, but yeah, you know, I digress. We ended up putting points on the board. So yeah. it was, uh, all for not.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's been some questionable things all across the country with the refs. Uh, I'll put it that way. And A lot of fan bases are feeling some type of way about how, uh, how refs called their games. You've got that right. <laughs> Hell, Mizzou
0: is one of them. Yep. Uh, LSU's another, I mean, it. I feel like this week more than any that they uh, the the refs have been catching some heat.
1: Yep, it's uh, you know you can always have that contention. Um, Drew Butler, former Georgia Punters, like very much an advocate for uh, getting computers essentially to to ref things to be the refs. Um, I don't know how that would work with football, but certainly sports like baseball, you're like that. That certainly feels like we could move closer to that. But um, we digress. There, I got to give a shout out to a friend of the podcast, Jeff Prifty. He won the. Dragon rights, Pickham pool. This past week, he uh, was fifteen and six. Uh, myself and Rebs twenty twenty three were tied for second, going fourteen and seven. And then you Pierce tied for fourth with Emily and uh, Josh Smith. So uh, that was a, that was a pretty good week there for uh, for your your girl. I don't know if she's gonna catch. I don't know if I'm gonna catch Carly. Carly continues uh, despite a blip in the radar with her overall, uh, or sorry, her week ten picks overall. Carly still uh very much in the lead 8 points ahead of Jeff and myself who are tied for second. Um and then Dear Old Dad tied for third with Liz and Reb 2023. Uh you needed that week Pierce. You you are sitting there you uh you're you're barely over 500 so you needed that. Um I'll be honest with you. I don't know what I did on my easy pieces this week. I think I um I know I had the NC State one. I think I went one and two again. So not great on what days, it, How did we
0: peezys. do? How did we do on our uh, pickums just in the podcast pickums? I think I did pretty well. on
1: That's that. That's what I literally just said.
0: Oh, I missed that. I <laughs> thought you were running through the bragging pod uh, pickum. Like I'm talking about the podcast. One, oh,
1: right? oh, I didn't look through that yet.
0: Not, not the actual.
1: I'll bring that up with Hank when Hank's on here, so he, other can, people. he can atone the for his crimes. Picks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I would have to look through it. Okay,
0: I went three and one on easy peasy, so it was a good day. The only loss that I had was. Um, was the Georgia-Missouri uh, game over. And and I'll tell you what, I, I know it went under, but, man, that was an over game if I've ever seen one. So don't feel terrible about the, the play. Um, I thought it was trending that way. I mean, heck, we already hit on it. If that Stackhouse play goes is stands instead of that bogus penalty, the ball's on the five-yard line. They punch that in. They hit the over. So, um, unfortunately, that was the one loss. We got to the window on Oregon-Washington. Um, as well as got the upset win with Clemson. So uh pretty solid week. Good to get back in the winner's circle.
1: Yeah, there you go. Like I said, I did not have the best week, but uh, we're going to hope to atone for that this week. I, I, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about some of this, the week 11, just looking ahead at some of the stuff. So we'll see. Um, all right, let's jump in here, Pierce. Let's talk about week 10. Let's get the people some information about what happened, what we liked, what we didn't like, so that we can start looking ahead to Week 11. Uh, and we'll start off with our goods of the week. I'm going to let you go first because, like I said, I'm playing hurt a little bit tonight. So uh, what is your good of the week, Pierce?
0: My good of the week is the Alabama Crimson Tide. There were a few out there. I know you're going to hit on one of the ones that I like. Um, Arizona's another one, just giving them a little shout-out. But uh, Alabama, I think, won the weekend, in my opinion, Um you know listen this was their their last big hurdle. I know Auburn fans don't don't bite my head off here, but you know if Alabama goes in and plays like they're capable, they should take care of business um and this was their last big hurdle and it was a big hurdle indeed, and this team has been getting better and better um as the season has gone on ever since that Texas game um and really uh definitely the u c f game which was following the texas game um and it was kind of the way they did it um now. I got to give credit to Jaden Daniels. He competed his butt off in, up until his injury, um, you know, who I think Alabama would have won that game regardless. Uh, but, you know, it would have maybe looked a little closer on the scoreboard than it did had he uh, not gotten injured, unfortunately, and taken out of that game. But, man, I was really impressed with Milrow. Um This guy, he's just competing, man. He's competing. He's going out there. And, and, and this was the first time. I mean, he's used his legs a bit this season but not as much as I would like. And man, this game, he was very good with his feet. He was, he knew he, he was, he was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was assertive. He was, he was confident. And when he pulled down, he was going and he made people miss. And and boy, I know LSU's defense isn't the best in the country. They've had a a number of injuries um, as well, not just on the defensive line, but in the secondary. So they're pretty depleted, but a lot of teams are depleted this time of season. Um, but man, what Milrow did was impressive. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, looking ahead, because I think Alabama's got uh, like UTC, I believe it is, which is their last home game of the season, and then uh, Auburn. I think those are their only two games remaining before the SEC Championship. What Auburn does well is, uh, is kind of the same you know, game plan that Missouri had this week. It was try to expose the outside corner guys with one-on-one matchups and just chuck it deep. Um, and, and let your guys go get it and hope they can win 50-50 balls, and then Brady Cook busting out of the pocket and making plays with his feet. And that is what Milro does really well. Um, he throws a lot of 50-50 balls. That's what he prefers to do. Um, and, and, man, if he, uh, if he can use his legs um, to the extent he did against LSU, I think that uh, you know could be a very scary matchup uh, come December uh, for, for some Georgia fans. But um, great week for Alabama. They have all but cinched up the uh, SEC West um look good doing it and um you know now really looking ahead to the iron ball which ought to be a good one
1: yeah i think the only way that they could potentially not win the west pierce is Olmus has to win out and they would have to have another yep. loss um so. correct so
0: they'd have to lose to auburn yep. and old would have to win out correct
1: yep 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 i mean they could lose to kentucky this week
0: hey listen big blue nation oh you're right i i, I left out kentucky yeah. well you know that's going to be an interesting it one I, I don't think that they lose no But um, I was looking into the numbers today, and uh, it wasn't as glaring as I would have thought. And and, you know, coming off a big rivalry game, as uh, you know, a lot of teams are apt to do a little bit of a letdown. It's hard to go out and play your A game, you know, two weeks in a row, um, even if you are a really good team. So, could be interesting. I think Alabama will get it done, but we'll we'll break that down on
1: Wednesday. We will break that down on Wednesday. Uh, My good of the week, Pierce, the Oklahoma State. Cowboys. Now I didn't get to watch this one real time. It was happening at the same time I was in Sanford stadium, watching the dogs win. Uh, but we, we left the stadium immediately. It was just so funny. We were leaving. We run into the Dugans. We're talking to them. We're, you know, yucking it up. And then we just hear from behind us, they're terrible people. And it was friend of the podcast summer. Who's an Oklahoma state, uh, grad. That's where she did her undergrad at. And she was super excited, uh, to, to see Oklahoma go down, 27-24 27 to 24, the final in the last scheduled bedlam. Um, well, you know anything could happen in postseason and stuff like that. But for right now, we don't know when these two teams will play again. And, and yes, you, you hate to see losses to these kinds of uh, you know big time rivalries. You always look forward to games like this for reasons like this. You you look forward to the chaos and the the the, the blood matches, the grudge matches, the everything that goes into you know your neighbor being a fan of an opposing team and for all intents and purposes Oklahoma State being the little brother I was looking for what the all-time series is in this I'm not sure I'm pretty sure Oklahoma has dominated it though and for Oklahoma State to get this win it's, it means a couple of things one you have the bragging rights for the foreseeable future right because you won the last bedlam it was at home um it was against an Oklahoma team that, you know, had kind of some some juice because of beating Texas. And now all of a sudden, Pierce, if you're Oklahoma State, you control your destiny for the Big 12 championship. Uh, incredible to see what the, the the Pokes have done, considering the fact that beginning of the season, they lose to South Alabama. And you're like, what the heck is happening um, with Mike Gundy and company? This could be the end of the Mike Gundy era. And then, you know, like I said, they turned it around and they've had some good quality wins. And including this one, they're 5-1 of the conference, uh, just... Oklahoma turnovers, turnovers, turnovers was the difference here. They had three. uh, So good on that Oklahoma State Cowboys defense for forcing that. Um, I won't take your juice and and enlist any players per se. I know you probably have some of these people. If you don't, then um, I'll I'll petition for Ollie Gordon Jr. to make your braggers of the week uh, because he had himself a good game. Uh, As did Alan Bowman. But uh, Ollie Gordon has kind of been the hot name for the Pokes. And and like I said, it'll be interesting to see. um, And I'm excited to see what they do down the stretch here. Um, they have, they go to UCF, uh, this upcoming week. That shouldn't be too big of a potential letdown. Um, and, and if you're Oklahoma, you, you look ahead and you, or you look back and you go, we had all, we were hitting, we were on top of the world after beating Texas. Um, and we've lost the last two. So they're going to have to kind of, you know, get back to the basics. They have West Virginia coming to town this weekend. Uh, they're going to need to just refocus because West Virginia fluky things can happen against them. Um, but it is back in uh, Norman, so you you gotta like that. But uh, yeah, ultimately the pokes, the good, good the good guys for the for Summer Frazier wins this one. At Oklahoma State uh, getting the last laugh in the last scheduled bedlam, and uh, and and we'll see what happens um, down the stretch of the Big Twelve, and uh, see if they get a chance to take on Texas uh, in the Big Twelve Championship, and 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 what'll happen there. Um, and that'd be quite the story, Pierce. That'd be quite the story to go from. Like I said, losing to South Alabama, you go okay. The Gundy era might be over. Uh, didn't make the list, but another one's Boston college, you know, the same type of thing. They go one in three at the beginning of the season. They've won their last five and they're bowl eligible and they've had some, some good victories. So, you know, get, pick yourself up off the mat. The, the bad thing about college football, it's a good thing too. But you know, comparatively to NFL, you lose a game. And it's pretty much over. The good thing is, uh, there's a lot of parity in, in college football and you can always turn it around. So, uh, good on the pokes and that's my good of the week. We'll flip it over to the bad Pierce. Who do you have?
0: Man, this one could be an ugly and I, and I thought about putting it as an ugly um, but there were there were a couple uglies that I liked just as well. Um, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish is is my pick for this bad category and and really fringes on ugly and man, it was the, the second half in all totality could have been just deemed my ugly of the week because it was so boring to watch. It was literally just punting back and forth and Clemson just kept playing field position. They really had no intent on trying to go down and score. Um, but Notre Dame comes in uh coming off two great wins, obviously a, a big win and, and really a blowout win against USC um and, and then blowing out, I believe it was Pittsburgh, um getting five turnovers on the uh on the day there to really help uh inflate that number. And I and I kind of broke this down with y'all on uh Wednesday of last week and really said that this line is 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 not accurate to me, uh especially with Notre Dame being on the road, but due to the fact that I think this number was overinflated due to the high scoring affairs that uh, that that Notre Dame had been in with USC and Pitt, um, and, and then Clemson coming off a couple you know back to back losses against Miami and then to NC State, um, and and Sam Hartman that poor Sam Hartman already o for four in his career against the Clemson Tigers make it o for five. He had just a horrible day, um, honestly in that second half. I. I I looked around and went, Holy cow, this isn't even a top 20 quarterback in the country. I mean, it was that bad at times. He had no confidence, no chance to hit guys. Had uh, 13 of 30 on the day. So under 50% completion, Um, only went for 146 yards. It was really downright ugly. Um, So my bad of the week is the Notre Dame fighting Irish. And man, um, you know, obviously you're seeing USC, uh, you know, isn't as good as we thought they were coming into the season. So that kind of. Uh, that doesn't prop up that win against USC. Doesn't prop Notre Dame up as much. And Notre Dame losing. I mean, that's the third loss of the of the season, um, and really with a team that people thought could compete for a, a playoff chance. So that's going to hurt Ohio State's resume um, when all is said and done. So uh, you know some interesting things that al- also come out of that loss uh, at Clemson. Um, so as uh, Dabo Sweeney said, bet no better time than now to buy
1: stock at the I, Clemson Tigers stock. Yeah, and, and you know flip side, good on Clemson. You, you know they were the laughing stock of college football last week, going into last week, they're four and four. And now you're like, okay, you know, you got a really a, a good quality win under your belt back at home. Um, and, and not all is lost. Uh, they tried to give it away. They did try to give Clemson it away. Clemson was really good in the first half.
0: Yeah. Really good. And then the old, the old saying came up. Clemson started Clemsoning in that second yes. half. And I thought, Oh my gosh, they're going to lose this game. And Notre Dame just couldn't, couldn't take advantage of any of the opportunities. So, um, good for Clemson to finally get off the schneid.
1: Well, my bad of the week, Pearson. I feel bad for them, and and you even kind of pushed back a little bit. you said I don't think it's really that bad. Um, and I think they've been the bad a few times this this year. It's the USC Trojans. Uh, they were hosting the Washington Huskies. Now Washington's a good team, but they've had some some close games as of late, and, and it was a very hot uh pick to have USC upsetting Washington here, um, in LA. And they don't get it done. They lose fifty-two to forty-two. Holy crap! Almost a hundred points scored in this game. Um, you hate the scene at the end with USC with uh, with a uh, Caleb Williams crying, as maybe crying. They're talking that he wasn't crying, but in his, his parents' arms, and I felt bad for him. And I didn't think like, oh, he's software. I was like, I felt bad for the guy. He follows Lincoln Riley out to LA. He wins a Heisman last year. His stock was as high as it could get. I still think he's going to go number one overall next, you know, in the, in the draft. But his stack was as high as it could get, and now because of the fact that, you know, you have a coach who refuses or previously refused, we'll see what happens now. Refuse to kind of address the defensive woes, you know, you might still be balling out, but but your hopes of, you know, why would you? You already did the pinnacle of solo success was was last year, and now you have. Uh, you know, you can't win a national championship. You're not going to compete for the Pac-12 championship. So that kind of sucked. Uh, Alex Grinch did get fired. Um, after this game, uh, Lincoln Riley did pull the trigger on firing his defensive coordinator. So we'll see what they do there. Um, but it's just really interesting, Pierce. I mean, Washington. Dylan Johnson had never rushed for more than a hundred yards in any games in any of his four seasons of college football. He he blew that out of the water on Saturday. Like the Trojans couldn't stop him at all. Um, He ran for 256 yards and four touchdowns. Michael Penix Jr. passed for 256 yards and two scores. Uh, And, and, you know, now Washington continues to roll on. But USC, like, you couldn't put up any kind of fight. Like, not only were they running on you, they were passing on you too. And we knew that their defense was bad. uh, But it's just absolutely, it's just crazy to me to to see those stats. And they just pop off. And it's like, not against Washington. I mean, Washington, good for you guys. But, like, you're playing USC. Like, they're just going to inflate you no matter what. Um, it was, for what it's worth, it was Johnson's fifth biggest rushing performance in Washington history. History! Washington's never had, uh, you know, has barely had any games go more than that in, uh, against USC. Of course, you're just like, great, I'll just stack numbers. I'll just stack those numbers up. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, officially a failure for USC. Uh, you know, they're both eligible. We'll see what happens with them down the stretch. I'm not quite sure who they have, uh, you know, remaining on their schedule now that I think about let me pull that up um but but yeah I mean I just hate it I hate it for them you know you lose
0: Oregon I think this week is it
1: Oregon this week I think you're right so Oregon this week um I believe that's in yeah at Eugene and then UCLA to finish off that could be two more losses that that really could I know UCLA lost this past week but that could be two more losses and and you just wow 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 wow. Lincoln riley has got some major things to address in the offseason and uh Caleb Williams Go get you a check in the NFL, buddy. Do do not stay, even if you, even though you've threatened. Like if it's a bad situation, I'm not going to stay or I'm not going to go. Uh, whatever, go get yourself a check. Go, don't don't stay with this man. <laughs> that 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 is a hey, Yeah,
0: I see a I see a, a good uh, opportunity here to plug the the preview pods as well as the uh, easy peasy plays or uh, releases that you do on Friday for us. Um, this was one that, I, that we broke down pretty well, uh, if I do have to say so myself. Washington was an easy-peasy easy play for me. Um, USC did surprise me a little bit with how much fight that they did have to try to get back in that game. But we told you that my big thing with USC was they've been, this is their seventh straight game. Um, they, are, they, they obviously are on a very good tackling team. They're not a very, very good defensive team. But one of the areas where they have greatly diminished week in and week out over the course of these seven, last seven weeks is on the defensive line. So that played directly into uh, obviously being able to run the football um, like you hit on and having a historic performance uh, for Washington. Um, so we we broke it down pretty well for y'all. Um, so if you don't listen to the previews, get in now because we've got good tidbits on the games to come. There you
1: go. Plug God. Plug God over here. Um, all right, well, while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and tell people the ugly of the week for you?
0: My ugly of the week's Florida Gators. Um, I mean – I, I Listen, I understand I, we've already talked about it um, uh, the week after a big emotional rivalry game. It's always tough to get up. It's always tough to bring, uh, you know, your A game, as they say. But, man, this Florida team just had no juice uh, it, it, and really just I, some of the plays that Arkansas were having. And I know Arkansas, when you really break down their schedule, they have had some really close, tough losses. I think they lost uh, single digits, uh, you know, within a touchdown to, to LSU on the road, to Alabama on the road. Um, I believe also that maybe Texas A&M, um, they had another one that was close. So they have, they have battled. They're just not an overly talented football team. They did lose some guys to the portal last year um, in, in one of their safeties who transferred to Texas, as well as their, one of their starting tight ends to South Carolina. So, you know, coming back, they, they, they had a couple of players with, with Rocket Sanders and, and um, KJ Jefferson, but man, this team just doesn't have the talent. And obviously uh, they failed to hire some quality coordinators. They, they, uh Bryles left for TCU. Um I think it was Odom also left to go be the head coach at maybe UNLV. Um and and they kind of flopped on on their hires. And but man, coming off the bye week, they came out and this was a a trendy pick um by a lot of people in the business um that I that I follow to cover this spread and get this upset. This one opened at plus six, plus six and a half. Um and by the time of the game it was two and a half. So um Arkansas was being heavily favored by the by the Sharp betters and some publics alike. But Florida just had no fight on the defensive side of the football. Um, you know, KJ Jefferson and company had some some plays that they ran that were probably unique coming off the bye. They had a chance to practice them and get ready. Um, but Florida just seemed I mean, this was a this was a C minus, D plus effort from Florida. They they looked down, they almost looked like they had quit. Then they fought back, and I will say, and, and kind of kept it close in the, towards the end. And then to have a field goal from thirty something yards away with time expiring to, to to win the game and get me the cover because I spite bet it. I spite bet it because I was like, you know what? This line has gotten so out of control. I'm just taking Florida here minus two and a half because this is ridiculous. Florida is definitely a better team here. And, boy, they uh, did they prove me wrong with that because um, they just looked like they they were not – their heads were not in it this week, and, and it was pretty sad to see um, because they had had a decent year. And now, if you're a Florida fan, you're looking at things going – well, do we make a bowl now? They've got a pretty tough schedule coming down the stretch. They they have to go to LSU, they play Florida State, um, and they have one other tough game. I think it's maybe against A or no, it's Missouri. Mm-hmm. So Missouri, LSU, and Florida State. Tell me where their win is in that. Um, they'll be underdogs in all three. And what started as a five and two promising, uh, you know, second year to Billy Napier's campaign is now suddenly taking a turn for the worse and looks like they might be missing a bowl. And if they get a bowl six and six, is that really what Florida fans are looking for? I think not. So they need to hang on to some of those recruits and get some, an infusion of some more talent because um, this Florida team, man, when they're good, they can, they can hang around with some good teams, but man, when they don't, when their head's not in it, they can lose to, to two win Arkansas just like that.
1: Yep. And it, it's a, it's a really good, job in college football too. I'm sure a lot of coaches would love to have it. So Billy Napier better, better watch out. Um, of course with buyouts and, and what they are nowadays, I'm not, I'm not really sure if they're in a place to be able to, uh, you know, I don't know how much his buyout is. I should say that. I don't think we're at Jimbo Fisher levels, which speaking of woo, Jimbo Fisher. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, not, not great. Um, well, I'll flip over my ugly here, Pierce, and it's going to be the air force Falcons. Uh, they were hosting army on Saturday, and uh, Air Force number twenty-five in the nation. Everybody was thinking, "Oh, this is going to be easy." Army, you know, barely has a couple wins under their belt. They lose twenty-three to three in this one, um, ending their win streak, which win streak, which dated back to last season. Uh, I mean, seventeen nothing in the first quarter. You give up that much points, and then they only got that one field goal and couldn't do anything else. And this is an offense that was really high in the nation. Um, I think they had six turnovers total. Uh, army or yeah, army forced six turnovers total, which is just absolutely bonkers. Couldn't get that ground game going, and just ultimately, you know, you, you, at home, this is the you know first game of, for them, I believe, for the um commander in chief, uh, you know, cup. Uh, they haven't played. I don't know if they've played navy yet, actually, but uh, yeah, I mean, come on, you can't let a just mid to 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 terrible army team this year, take you down like that. So that wasn't great. Um, I also wanted to throw an honorable mention to Miami. They lose 20 to six. This was what I'm plugged plug to my easy peasy. I had uh NC state plus six at home. They ended up winning that one outright versus Miami. Um, and another team from Florida Pierce that you're looking at and you're going is Cristobal, the guy like they can't travel on the road and win a game. Um, they have a, a, you know, a big one this week with Florida state uh, in Tallahassee and they're 14 and a half point underdogs. So um, yeah, I mean, Hey, it be what it be, you love to see it. You love to see the Knowles being the uh, the best team in uh, Florida right now. At least I do. Um, all right, that does it for our uh, good, bad, and uglies. I'm going to go really quickly, Pierce, through what happened to the rest of the top 25. This is, a you know, the, the grant uh request that I, I think I've been slacking on a little bit. So I'm going to go through this really quick, then we'll hit with the braggers of the week and get the people out of here. Number one in the nation, Ohio State takes down Rutgers 35-16. to 16. Number two, Georgia takes down number 12, Missouri 30 to 21. Michigan handles Purdue 41 to 13. Florida State gets it done at Pittsburgh 24 to 7. Washington 52. USC 42. Oregon throttles Cal 63 to 19. A Cal team that everybody was really high on, and now you're looking at it being three and six. Not great, Bob. Uh, number seven, Texas 33, Kansas State 30. Close one. Scare for the Longhorns there in Austin, having to go to OT uh, as they host, or sorry, as they travel to your TCU Horned Frogs this week, Pierce. Um, Alabama beats LSU 42-28. to Jaden Daniels uh, hurt, unsure what his status will be um, this upcoming week. As uh, Florida goes to LSU, uh, number twenty-two in the nation. Like I said, Oklahoma State twenty-seven, number nine, Oklahoma twenty-four. Ole Miss gets it done to improve to eight and one as they travel to Athens next week, beating Texas A&M thirty-eight to thirty-five. Penn State takes care of Maryland thirty or fifty-one to fifteen. Louisville continues to roll thirty-four to three over Virginia Tech. Clemson handles Notre Dame at home 31 to 23. Oregon State, uh, Colorado could have also been an honorable mention for a weird situation there, Pierce, with they fire their, or not fire, but they take away play calling duties from their offensive coordinator, and then they struggle mightily at home versus Oregon State. Uh the Beavs getting it done 26 to 19. Tennessee, this one shouldn't even be mentioned, but Tennessee beats UConn 59 to 3 at home. Utah takes care of Arizona State fifty-five to three. Arizona upsets UCLA twenty-seven to ten. I know that was an honorable mention for you as well, Pierce, on your uh, your good, bads, and uglies. Kansas takes care of Iowa State 28 to 21. Tulane escapes East Carolina 13 to 10. And like I already mentioned, Air Force goes down against Army 23 to 3. That's what happened around the top 25 in the nation. Let's take it to a more micro level. Pierce, who are our braggers of the week?
0: This week, i uh, going to go ahead and start it off with the QBs as always. Uh, Jacob Zeno, QB at UAB, had a hell of a game, 29 of 35 for 484 yards, five TDs through the air, and one interception. E.J. Warner at Temple, uh, 27 of 33 for 402 yards, four TDs, and two interceptions. Jackson Dart for Mississippi, big one coming up this week with game day in Athens. He goes 24-33 for 387 yards, two TDs, and zero interceptions. Bo Nix in their big win over Cal, sixty three nineteen. He goes twenty nine of thirty eight for three hundred and eighty six yards, four TDs, and one interception. Jordan Travis, FSU. They had a lot of guys out in this one. Um, with uh, I think Cam Coleman was out. I believe the other receiver. I'm drawing a blank on his name. The big the six six dude. He was out as well. Um, so they kind of had to piece things together. He goes um, twenty two of thirty six for three hundred and sixty yards and a touchdown through the air as they get the win. Over uh, over Pitt twenty four to seven, um, and then uh, last but not least, have to throw out Jalen Milrow fifteen of twenty three through the air two hundred nineteen yards um, uh, all passing, but where he made his hay was four touchdowns on the ground on twenty rushes for one hundred fifty five yards, um, and really was the straw that stirred that drink from a rushing uh, standpoint from from the running back spot. Dylan Johnson, you hit on it. For Washington, 26 carries for 256 yards and four TDs as he sets some records there in Washington or gets into the, the history books there. Marion Lukes, uh, Central Michigan, uh, 37-31 37 victory over Northern Illinois. He goes for 202 on 21 carries and a touchdown. Phil Moffa for Clemson. He was really uh, the key in Clemson upsetting uh, uh, ranked Notre Dame team. He goes 36 carries for 186 yards and two TDs. Has people wondering if uh, if he might be the better back between Will Shipley. Um, Jarquez Hunter running back at Auburn he goes 19 carries for 183 yards and two TDs um, and then finally at the receiving uh, receiver standpoint said his name quite a bit this year LaJonte Wester FAU in their loss he goes 219 yards on 11 receptions and three touchdowns Xavier Leggett uh, South Carolina receiver nine receptions for 217 yards and two touchdowns in their win over Jacksonville State Trey Harris for Ole Miss, eleven carries or eleven receptions for two hundred thirteen yards and one touchdown. Also had an unbelievable one-handed catch. um, As he'll be looking up, looking to put more of that those numbers up next uh, this upcoming week. Um, And last but not least, Tez Johnson for Oregon, twelve receptions for one hundred eighty yards and two TDs um, in his win over Cal. Well,
1: there you go. There you have it. Those are our Braggers of the week, and that's going to do it for our week ten recap as always reach out to us let us know what we what we missed what we got wrong what you disagree with uh you know maybe you disagree with the fact that uh usc is sad and oklahoma state was the winner of the week let us know um you can do that by reaching out to us at bragging pod on twitter and instagram that's where you find all of our takes bad and good throughout the season so make sure you're following there uh pierce already plugged in our easy peasies we've been doing that coming out on saturday we have got feedback and we'll be changing it up a little bit. Those are now going to come out midday on Friday. Midday Friday, uh, Friday evening-ish time. Still figuring it out. But we got feedback. It's not enough time to listen and, and make your picks. So that's going to be what it is. We wanted to get it as close to game time as possible so that the picks were, you know, accurate. Because lines do move. Things do change. Uh, but we will be moving that up. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that. Uh, you know, like I said. Uh, or like Pierce said. You know, he went... Uh, three and one this week so you know he might be a good person to ride maybe maybe you want to fade him who knows sometimes he has bad weeks as well uh i, I i'm feeling a good week for me this week on the easy peasy so we'll see uh so yeah make sure you subscribed. we'll be back in a couple of days with our look ahead of week 11 if there's anything particular you want us to cover uh you can also let us know on social media but that's going to do it here for us tonight until next time i'm madison
0: and i'm pierce stay blessed y'all